Commercials tend to follow the same or similar script, either explicitly or implicitly. It's a before and after story. Before I got this certain financial advisor, I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't understand my statements. Uh, I didn't know if they were paying any attention to me. But afterwards, I got this new advisor. I understand my statements. I'm making money hand over fist. My future is secure. What's the difference? Schwab. You know, E-Trade. Before I got this cell phone company, my service was erratic. It was in and out. There were dropped calls. Couldn't understand the statements. There were taxes and fees that were hidden. But now, oh my gosh, my, my fees are so much less. I pay, I pay half what I used to. My whole family is on this, and we're still paying so much less. I understand my bill. What's the difference? Consumer cellular. Before I went on this beverage, before I started drinking this beverage, oh my gosh, you know, I had no friends. I never got asked out. But now that I've been drinking this beverage, I'm really popular. I go out all the time. What's the difference? Okay, we'll say Coke. Before this drug, again, I, I didn't have any social life. I was embarrassed to go out. But now that I'm on this drug, I can go party, I can go to the beach, I can go to the swimming pools. What's the difference? Oh, Tesla or Eloquus. Except for drugs, there's seldom any talk of side effects. Um, with drugs, we get lots of side effects. Sometimes more side effects were read than our benefits. There's constipation, there's vomiting, there's depression, there's high blood pressure, there's, there are headaches. We've been in this before and after world, afterward world before since, um, what, since the beginning of March. Before COVID and after COVID. And this week, you know, the vaccine was approved. And yesterday, the chairman of the Food and Drug Administration spent a lot of time talking to us about the before and after effects of this drug. And we worry about the side effects. And that's one reason why the chairman spent so much time on the air. But we have high hopes, don't we, for the before and after. Now in all of these before and after scenarios, we have a choice. We can choose to take what is advised and do what is advised or not. The gospel is also a before and after. 
the way it was, the way it is. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. What was the difference? Amazing grace. Once, we were no people. We were nobodies. But now, we are a people. We are somebody. Once we had received no mercy, but now we have received mercy. What's the difference? God's love. John's Gospel. Once you were in darkness, but now you're in light. What's the difference? The Word. There is this before and after tenor to John's Gospel. Once you were just born of the flesh, of blood, of human beings. Once you just existed. But now you have the power to be a child of God. Once you just existed, but now you're alive. What's the difference? God. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of humans, but of God. What I couldn't do on my own, what I didn't have the stuff to accomplish, God has given me the power to accomplish, to become a child of God. To be less than fully alive, to being fully alive. What I couldn't fix or become, a person of an even temper, a person of less snideness, God gave the power to become peaceful and kind. What's the difference? The Spirit. Paul would say it's the Spirit that makes the difference in the before of the old self and the after of the new self. Before, Paul says in Galatians, you were angry. You were jealous. You were envious. You engaged in division and dissension and selfishness. And after, you were peaceful and generous and joyful and loving and self-controlled and grateful. The difference is the Spirit. At the end of C.S. Lewis' um, first book in the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, 
after Aslan, the lion, the Christ figure, is resurrected, Aslan and his followers go to the courtyard of the wicked witch. And the wicked witch has frozen her enemies and turned them into statues. So there are statues of beavers and fawns and giants in this courtyard. And they're stone and they're gray. And Aslan breathes on them. And Aslan's breath, which is the spirit, brings them to life. And what is gray becomes colorful. And what is stone becomes flesh and alive. It's Lewis' way of saying the before and after of the Spirit, what God can make of us. George MacDonald uses the analogy of comparing our, our lives to houses. And we might have a drip in our faucet in the kitchen. And we invite a contractor to come in and fix the drip. And the contractor fixes the drip, but then says, you know, you need, you need new and better plumbing. And the contractor rips into the walls and replaces the plumbing. And you say, wait a minute, I didn't ask for this. And the, plumber, and the contractor says, you know, you really need to expand your house and starts knocking down walls and putting in additions. And wait a minute, I didn't bargain for this. And the contractor then knocks out the ceiling and the roof and puts on a, a new story. What are you doing to my house? And the contractor says, I'm making your cottage into a palace. It's a before and after. And we might not like the side effects. It will take us out of our comfort zone. And we're not quite sure what's going on and we're feeling like we're losing control. And we're feeling like we're losing our old life. And God says, I'm making you into a child of God. Not everybody Jesus encountered chose that new life, that after. The rich young ruler, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit a life of the Spirit, of this joy and peace? And Jesus says, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And he chooses not to. He chooses to go away sad because the side effects are too much. And the disciples say, how's it possible? And Jesus says, well, it's possible with God. To all who received him, he gave power to become children of God. What does that look like, a child of God? What is it to be fully alive? We probably learn more from Jack Aaron than we do from
others. It starts with wonder. When we encounter what is different, we tend to criticize it, evaluate it, judge it, rather than stand in awe of it. A child of God has an awe and a wonder. What would happen if we looked at the other with a sense of awe? If we looked at the migrant and the immigrant and the refugee and the transgender person and third world culture with awe rather than judgment? What if we looked at new ideas and new questions with awe and wonder rather than evaluation and criticism? You know, if we look at things with wonder, we are freed to see the spark of God within the other and within ourselves. If we look at things with wonder, we are freed from our ego and freed from results. If we look at things with wonder, we see God's priorities and, and expand to see God's world. If we look at things with wonder, we're less concerned about ourselves and more concerned about our neighbor. I lack the power but God has the power and shares that power. You know, we might be um, trying to train a horse to jump fences. But what if that horse were given wings? It would not only jump fences, but it would soar. And it would see the beauty of the world and experience a life that's fully alive. That horse would say, man, this is living. That's what John's going for here in the prologue. That's what God is going for in this before and after. What we can't do, God gives the power and the spirit to accomplish. That's life. Why would God do this? Well, wouldn't any parent do that for her child? Wouldn't any parent want the best for her child? What John is saying in the prologue here is that God wants the best for us. Wants us to have the Spirit and be fully alive. May it be so. Amen.